Yo, I'm Will Blackman. This is Upsets and Underdogs presented by WinBet. Week 17 was a wild one indeed. Jamar Chase came through and laid down a monster performance to help the Bengals defeat the Chiefs. Kyle Murray took down Dallas and the Raiders end up getting one for the legendary John Madden. We will break down those games and discuss what we can learn from them. Plus, Lamb will share a New Year's resolution that should help you make the smartest bets in 2022. So stick around. This show is brought to you by WinBet. Week 17 is over, but there's still plenty of time to get in on the action. So right now, download the WinBet app and start winning today. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $1 win $100 offer. If you bet just $1, you can win a free $100 bet on almost any sport, NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, UFC, boxing, and more. And they're also offering a 200% wager matchup up to $1,500. For all the details on these offers, download the WinBet app now and set the odds in your favor. Offer subject to change, term and conditions at winbet.com, must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Happy New Year, Lamb. (laughs) What up, what up? Well, Happy New Year to you, my friend. How was your time with the fam? It was good. We every year we just we just lay low, man. We don't go out. We just hang out with the kids and the the parents have champagne. The kids have Martinelli's and we blast music and live it up. We actually missed the countdown like the past three years because it's it's weird on the West Coast. You have to watch the East Coast. East Coast goes off at nine our time, but it's still midnight. And then mm. I'm waiting for the midnight, and it's always I always miss it. So this year we we didn't miss it, but we ended up. Uh, doing the countdown with the central time zone. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. How was yours? It was cool, man. It was pretty low key. I actually, where I'm sitting right now is where I spent my New Year's, just playing six on six Warzone Call of Duty <laughs> with my buddies. Uh, the, a lot of craziness in New York City right now with this virus spreading it around. So there was not a lot going on. So we just all collectively were like, yeah, let's pop some champagne and play Xbox. So Yeah, there was a lot going on in the city, but there's been a lot going on in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, two things. Wild. Yeah, wild things. So two things. I mean, the the, the one I want to start off with is uh, good old Kirk Herbstreet, you know, talked about kids opting out of college, him and um, Desmond Howard. And the the biggest thing is, He's talking about how kids, they don't love football when opting out. And, you know, the the whole saying, like, for the love of the game or back then when I was blah, 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 you know, and it's it's super interesting. And the reason why I thought that was interesting, because, you know, I I tweeted, I said, the, the ultimate goal, right, is is the NFL, meaning. Like I didn't. My dream wasn't like, oh, my dream is to play college football. No, that would be sick. That is like part of the dream. But it's like, how do we get to the NFL? And the direct path to the NFL is playing college football. Like no one says, man, I can't wait to be a professional college football. And people can be like, man, it's it's for the money. It's like, well, yeah, it's you're trying to get it. You want to get paid. You you have a you want to get a job. It's like, why are you in college? You can get a profession. Right. So you can go off and be whatever it is that you want to be. So you figure 
college is my way. I have to get a degree because it's required. Right? You can't mm-hmm. work in certain fields if you don't have the correct uh, requirements. What's the whole point of having a resume, right? So it's like that for football. And I mean, this has been a trend probably as of the past, maybe like five or six years, you know, of guys opting out because it's like, look, if I'm not contending for the national championship, then it's kind of, I don't want to say it's meaningless, but for me, it's, it's not, especially, especially if I am already projected to be a high pick, it's not going to do me any justice to play in the game. So if it's not if it's not a big deal, then I get it. Now, for example, like RG three, he was the first round. He's gonna be a first round pick. He won the Heisman, but I don't think Baylor has been to a big bowl game in like eight years or something like that, a long time. So he was like, okay, I want to play in this game because they haven't had that. You know, names that stand out the past years. You look at well, like uh, Christian McCaffrey, like he was. Mm-hmm. But even let's go to the same team, Christian McCaffrey, Bryce Love. Bryce Love is gonna be a first round pick. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't one of the people that go off on Kurt Herbstreit and, you know, people try to, you know, the fact he didn't have an NFL career, didn't have much of a college career either, but they were going off on him like, oh, we play for the love of the game. No, you you can love the game, but at the same time, is is guys are smarter now. Guys are smarter, especially if you're a top pick and you're concerned about, like, your speed, like, you need more time to train for the 40. Like, go train. That one game is not going to do you any justice unless you have certain questions that are answered unless you're a, a quarterback facing you know another top quarterback unless you're in the college playoffs now i'm not gonna if i'm a top pick i'm not gonna go and go all out in the potato bowl i'm not bingo <laughs> yeah dude you i mean you, you beat me to it you you said something uh in passing that i found really interesting and that's my answer like if i was a college football player my bad Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, but I don't I'm not playing for that one if I'm a top ten pick. I'm just not doing it. Now if it's for the, the college football playoff and I have a chance at a national championship or the circumstance for RG three where this was a, the first time that they played in a bowl game of that magnitude, yeah, I get that. But if it's the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, what'd you call it? The potato bowl. Yeah, I'm, I play I'm, I played in an NPC computers bowl game. That's what I played in. I didn't even know that was a bowl game. That's the bowl game in Idaho on on the blue turf. Well, that's a nice visual, though. That's for sure. But for the most part, I'm sitting out, man. I'm sitting out. I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to get healthy and go into the league. Well, that's the one thing with me from when I started doing content to now that's changed the most. And it's I've become so pro player on these issues, whether it's a player holding out. I used to be like, how dare he sit out for more money? And then it's like, dude, it's a business. These players right. get cut. Players get hurt, especially in football, right? I mean, you're you're an example of this. You know this better than anyone being a guy that played in the league. But for me, it's like nothing has changed more than being pro player when it comes to sitting out to get more money, to get paid, whatever it might be. Well, the, the biggest thing, too, people comparing to like, well, coaches can go wherever they want. Coaches can sit out. Coaches can transfer. It's like, yeah, which is why players should have their choice, too. Like, okay, if you're a head coach, for okay, let me go back. If you're a position coach, like you're you're somewhere, position coach, scout, whatever it is, maybe your dream is to ultimately one day be a head coach. 
And then maybe the dream on top of that is I want to be a head coach of a power five school. You know, I want to be a head coach of a division one school. That's the goal. That's the dream. And so that's why coaches are um, uh, moving left and right. You know, we look at Brian Kelly. He was at probably one of the most desired jobs in college football at Notre Dame. But then he got a chance to go to the SEC and get paid almost $100 million to compete in the best division in college football, the best conference in college football. It was a better opportunity for him. Lincoln Riley, better opportunity for him. He don't know what's going on right now. He looks at what's going on in Oklahoma, but USC is a huge, is a definitely a desired job. And a lot of his kids came from the West Coast. You know? Um, so when it comes to that, it's like, what's what's the ultimate goal at the end of the day? You have to be selfless or selfish, rather, mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Because that's any any coach who gets it, they're they're gonna that's what it is. Now, maybe a coach is like maybe feeling some type of way because maybe he has an incentive in his contract where if he gets a certain amount of bowl wins, he gets a bonus. So if you got guys opting out, it's like, no, you're developing these kids to hopefully one day go play professional football. It's like when I have these kids here in high school and they're already, they already have like 30 offers. They're already a five-star kid. They're like, man, I'm going to go play in the 707. I'm like, for what? Like, what's that going to do? Because you want to, oh, I want to compete against this other kid. I love that you're a competitor, but you don't have to do it. You know, I spoke to one one lineman. I forget. Well, I think he ended up going to Cal. And he, he already committed to Cal. He already had, like, did everything. But he kept going to these, <clears throat> these camps. And he's like, I just love football. That's why I keep going. I was like, dude, I, I love it. You know, I love that you love football. That's why you keep showing up to these camps. I said, but you also need to be smart. Because you're you're already committed, you're already going somewhere. Like the job's done, you know. And I was supportive of him playing a lengthy, long career. You know what I'm saying? I've been I've been blessed. I played all four years. I had I missed one game in college all four years, and ended up going to you know, end up being fine going there. But I seen so many guys go down. You know, the big story mm-hmm. is you know Matt Carell um, over yeah. at you know Ole Miss. You know, I get it. He wanted to play in the Sugar Bowl. I have no I have no issues with guys wanting to play. I have no issues with guys not wanting to play. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Regardless, I think so. it comes down to like the kid too. Like if he wants to play, let him play. If he don't want to play, don't let him play. That's I, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm not I'm not it's such a polarizing topic, but to me it's like whatever. You want to play, go out there with your teammates. It might be the last time that you're playing with them and you have this, you know, the football locker room and all that stuff going on, then yeah, cool, but to to tear them down for sitting out or to tear them down for playing too. It's like or just say they don't lose. love the game. Yeah, he said he said yeah. kids nowadays have a sense of entitlement, and and I get it. Kids do these, these days have a sense of entitlement, but not don't you can't say that when it comes to that. Like that's crazy. So I don't know. We can go on and on about that, but I want to get to our other wild story before we move. And you know, everyone knows what it is. It's the Antonio Brown situation, man. And I just here's my thing. One, do I think he'll play in NFL again? No, I don't, I don't think so at all. And and before, I would be like, if this was the first situation, I'd be like, you know what? He's that good. I said it before. He's that good where like guys would give him a chance. Like when he, you know, going down the timeline, his his issues with Ben and you know just refusing to play in the game in, in Pittsburgh. I'm like, well, okay, that's between him and Pittsburgh. He'll play again. 
then whatever happened in Oakland, I'm like, okay, like he didn't do anything legally. And then eventually something legally did happen. Then, you know, also him going to New England and jacking that up. But, you know, and then I'm like, okay, it's going to be really hard to see him play again. But I'm like, the one person that could probably save him is Tom Brady. And that's exactly what happened. Tom Brady, you know, ended up going after him last year, lived in his house, ended up getting a Super Bowl, and, and things were all good. But it's like he, he's, he's very, very irrational and unpredictable, and that's what's tough. And I don't know his personal life. I don't know where he's been, what he's done on a personal level. But obviously something something there is is not right, just based on the situations and how he's acting. You know, I, I put a tweet out yesterday saying that, you know, it's it's sad. And everyone's like, Well, don't have sympathy for that man, or that's his fault. Actually, it's hilarious. Like people are going in on the situation. And I'm like, you can you can, you know, not have any emotional feelings like, oh, I feel bad for AB. You don't have to feel like that, but you can still recognize a, a messed up situation. You know, like, damn, that's that's sad. I, I wonder why he's like that. I, it's unfortunate that a player with arguably, you know, a Hall of Fame career that all of a sudden this is happening to him. Like, anytime I, anytime I actually am like, I meet somebody who is irrational or who's just who thinks differently. I, I never judge immediately. I'm never like, Oh, this person's weird or something's wrong with that person. I'm like, if this person's acting irrational, if they're angry all the time, I'm like, there's a, there's a root meeting, like something in their life happened to make them like that. Mm. Like something had happened along the way, you know, long, you know, when we talked about, like even racism like that's that's something happened for the person to act like that and once i find out how like that is or why that is i'm like okay it makes sense now do i agree with the behavior i don't agree with the behavior but i have a better understanding because i found out what the root meaning was you know even in even in my life like i was very quiet i was very to myself i was a quiet kid i didn't say much i didn't like taking pictures i w- was to myself and um i was all football but when football didn't work out like if i got cut if i got released if something happened i would go into a really dark place if football wasn't working out and i i wanted to know like why why was i acting like that why would I go into a dark place when football didn't work out? And I, I remember I didn't, I didn't realize this until my early thirties. I'm 37. I was like 31 or 30, whatever. And I realized when I was younger and my mom passed away, immediately I went and signed up for football. My dad signed me up and that was, I already, I already love football, but for me, that was it. That was my, that's how I healed apparently, right? That was my place when things weren't right. I knew when it, when I was between the white lines, I was in complete control of what's happening. It was an escape for you. Right. But, but that was, I'm saying like that, but that was where yeah. I went. So the issue is when football didn't work out for me, where did I go after that? Mm-hmm. I had nothing else. Sure. We, I was, you know, I believe I was a believer, but I wasn't like, huge practicing we didn't we didn't go to church in my house um 
I have friends, but again, I didn't really talk much. I didn't say much to, in terms of like personal feelings. So when football didn't work out, I got crushed and I realized like, man, I need to find another way. I need to really talk to people about this. And so there's a deeper meeting. So when I look at AB situation, I'm like, man, something happened or something's happening or, you know, I don't know what it is, but because it's un, it's unheard of to do that, right? To, I've seen guys take off pads mid-game and leave. I've seen that at every single level. I've seen guys do that, get mad. But the fact that he went and was like pumping up the crowd and then gets in an Uber and then posts on social media, like like everything's all good, like he's chilling. Especially when you're in that in that situation. It's like what what happened for him to be like that irrational towards the two guys that pretty much saved him from a third strike. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So do I am I like I don't think he d- deserves what's going on. I'm not that person. I'm not type type of person. I feel bad for the situation, but because of what's happening, like I get it. You know, I I get it why he's he's not going to play again. But I feel bad for the situation, and that's what's super tough about this. Yeah, it seems like he's gotten all these chances, and and one of the main reasons why is because he's, he's such a talent, right? Because he's and that I good. Feel like, yeah, and and I feel like will for as much baggage as you might have in any field, if you're talented, people will put up with your BS to a certain extent, right? Like Bruce Arians, when they asked him yesterday, he's like, yeah, I mean, what do you want me to say? That we're going to welcome him back on Monday? No, he's off the team. He's no longer a buck. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won this game. And then you look at Brady, who Brady sees the writing on the wall. He sees that. Godwin is out with the ACL and now they no longer have a B a guy who they were relying on, you know, like in the fantasy community, a B was a guy that you had on your team in the event that Evans or Godwin went down, bam, you have a top 10, 15 wide receiver on your team. But it just, it, it comes to a point where it's like enough is enough. Like how much can we possibly deal with? And when you look at Brady and Arians, who were the guys that even through the, the, the vaccine card saga a couple weeks ago, just everything that's going on, they stood up for him. And eventually those guys and people around you are going to say, hey, man, like, right. what's good? What's going on? How, we look foolish now, too. And then that's when people get fed up with you. Well, yeah, but I want to say, <clears throat> I forget what it was. I think it was like Jane Slater. I think she said, like, if I was Tom Brady, I would be livid. Like, I would be so mad. You, like, you let this guy live in your house and went down the list of all the things that that he's done. Mm-hmm. to be like, man, how can you stab me in the back like this? And he, she said he would be livid. I was like, I don't think Tom Brady would be livid at all. Now, would he be highly disappointed? Absolutely. I believe he is totally disappointed, but he's not livid because he knew this was a possibility. He knew he was taking a huge risk. I mean, look look at how he, how he is in football. He's a situational master. He knows every single possible outcome. The team knew, like, hey, there's a chance this this guy can right. can go off. There's a huge chance, but re- let's try to do everything in our power to make this happen. Now, yeah, it's unfortunate what happened this year, but I mean, last year it worked. They they, got, they signed him and got a ring. Like people can't deny that. Like it worked last year. So the goal happened. They try to they're trying to run it back. And sure, he's not going to be here for this. But um, yeah, I, I think he's just he's just super disappointed because he he just he just knew. Like this was a possibility, so it's it's super unfortunate, man. Um, 
because right of how talented he is. And we, we, the thing is, we don't know. So people who are being insensitive, you know, making fun of him, um, it's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because it's, it's, it's probably the, 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 the most wildest thing I, I've, I have seen in terms of what's going on, you know, and, and people, and I will say this, people thought the same, people thought the exact same when it, when it came to someone like, you know, Metal World Peace, like Ron Artest. I look at it like that. And you're like, man, why is he like that? Why is there like, what is going on? Like, we're afraid to to deal with him and talk to him. And then he came up with that documentary. And that whole thing showed the root meaning of why. You know, and yeah, the fact it, that he, it adds it adds context, like you were saying before, Will, about how you don't you don't judge someone right off rip. It's like there has to be something there. There's context. There's. A, a scenario, an experience, like an experience changes someone. It and does. if people approach things the way you do, I think the world will be a better place because you can't just go around judging people not knowing anything. And that's what, like with that documentary, that's why I think when people do these player documentaries, they sort of like to use the wrestling term, they go from a heel to like a baby face. Like all of a sudden everyone's behind them because they're like, oh, wow, this is what this dude had to deal with to get to where he's at. Right. Because when it doesn't make sense that you have to do that, you have to go yeah. and figure out like what it is. You know, I I look at and we'll move on from this, but I'll look at, you know, a, a kid in my neighborhood who's. You know, he's irrational, he's crazy, he's, you know, doing whatever he wants. And then you go you look at the house and the parents don't get along. They're yelling at him and it's just like, OK, I see why, you know. Even though, like to you, they might be super sweet and chill and, and just a nice kid, but then you see them otherwise, and they're different. So, I don't know, man. I just hope that you know the the right people outside of Tom Brady come to his life and and just it's not so much just help him, but help him recognize what's going on because all the guys that I've seen who recognize their own issues end up are are, are doing pretty well in terms of how they feel. You know, I think of like I said. Metal World Peace, I think of like Brandon Marshall, like all those guys who have recognized what's going on have figured it out. But that's yeah, that's that's how it is. I know I I get it in terms of um why people are upset and disappointed with him, but at the same time, it's like you don't have to have any compassion or whatever for for him. You don't have to, but it's just understand that it's it is a sad situation regardless of how you feel about it. So all right, let's start off the new year how we should. Um, let's get let's get positive here. The upset breakdown. Let's do this. So, um, actually, yeah, this is great because I did I did a, a a nasty parlay and it did not hit. But all three of these <laughs> games, <laughs> all three of these games were on my parlay. So. Let's get into our upset breakdown. Um, the first one is the Bengals. They upset Kansas City 34-31 as a plus 160 dog. Um, so the Bengals, they end up winning the North. That is crazy. I think that's absolutely wild and insane. And it is exactly why I like Burrow over Herbert and I telling people, man, it is it is just different. Uh the Burrow goes 
nuts. Those were 400. Chase, Jamar Chase goes absolutely berserk. 12, actually 12 targets, 11 receptions. Think about that. 12 Mm -hmm. targets, 11 receptions, 266 and three TDs. Pretty much every time the ball was thrown at him, he got that damn thing. Um, and then, yeah, a quiet performance from uh, Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. Bengals did a great job, man. And it's just it's just crazy. I, I, lie, I laugh going back to the draft when people were just yeah. so, so mad about. Dude, I was going to say, why didn't you bring up your tweets? Those have been every time Jamar Chase has a wild performance. You just quote tweet yourself from from April and you're like, I repeat. And then it's, I repeat. I repeat. Yeah, I repeat. <laughs> That's my because- favorite thing I see. Because people are like, oh, my God, you got to protect him. He got an AZL, blah, blah. I get all that. But let get the person he has the best connection with. You can have all the protection in the world, but if, if you don't know how to find your guys, then it's an issue. F- f- playing quarterback is not just dropping back. I got plenty of time. And boom. Really, it's I need to have I need to be in sync with my guys, because what if a lineman slips? What if there's a certain pressure and you you are thinking like me as a wide receiver? You're thinking like me. Like, okay, when I was playing receiver at Boston College, I, if I was in the slot, I'm looking, I'm reading the linebackers looking for pressure. Because I knew if there's pressure, I need to look at Matt Ryan right now. Or Maybe there wasn't, and I just I just knew he knew where I was gonna be. I knew what he was what he was thinking every time. I know on his fade balls, like let me let me lean on the guy and give Matt room because I know he likes to drop it outside on the sideline. Like I, we were so in sync where he could just throw it up to me, and we were good. He would throw it in quadruple coverage, like we were good, and that's that's why I'm like for him to get Jamar Chase, it was such a, a bold move. I'll tell you this right now, right now. In the NFL, they are the second best receiver quarterback duo. Second best. Okay. Obviously, number one is Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, easily. Yeah, but yeah. they are the second best. I know people can be like, oh, well, you know, Hill and Mahomes or Brady and Gronk. It's like they are the second because they their history proves so. It, it, it says so, their history. Oh, that was cause. I don't care. They're they're still together and they are lighting it up right now. Picking up right where they left off. What they did in college, all this college, but guess what? They're doing it in the NFL. They are the second. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they are the second best duo in the NFL. Quarterback receiver duo behind Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Uh, I actually had in my parlay, I had the Bengals covering. This nice. because I knew I knew like they were gonna put up points. They they have with T Higgins and Mixon and uh, Chase and Burrow. I mean they're just and guess what? They got plenty of capital next year to go get the lineman you guys want. Like, oh yeah, that's this insane. is this is this is a team world that is overachieving and they are proving a lot of people wrong. Twenty to one will at the start of the season to win the AFC North. That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. And they take it down. Remember in the beginning of the year, one of the first episodes we did, I loved Joe Burrow to lead the league in passing yards. Yep. He was 30 to one. He's not going to win it unless a lot of guys sit ahead of him, which doesn't seem likely. But he's fourth right now. Dude, is put, he's had 900 yards in the last two weeks. Yeah. Brady's and this was a classic. 
a classic pros versus Joes matchup from a betting perspective with more tickets coming in on the Chiefs, but more of the money coming in on the Bengals. Right. If we were to, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but this was something that I tweeted out also. I was with you. I They were my favorite underdog to win outright. They were my favorite pick to cover. Because if you look at the Chiefs, right? And this is one of the questions that I got for you, Will. They were on this winning streak. And the biggest thing that I've learned from you, Will, is that, yeah, you might be playing lesser caliber teams, but you're uh-huh. beating them in dominant fashion. And I always used to be the believer of, yeah, but you're not really playing anyone. And then that's when you swung me. <laughs> now, I'm looking at the Chiefs run that they've been on. The two yep. times they've played top five, six quarterbacks, they've kind of been lit up defensively, right? The, the right. Thursday night football with Herbert and the Chargers. And they probably lose that game if it's not for the the, the fourth downs and, and the going for twos and all that stuff. And then you look at Burrow coming in. Are you concerned about the Chiefs? Because everyone was just basically saying, ah, Kansas City's going to win the AFC. We don't got to worry. What's no, you are concerned NFC? because you're you're concerned about, um, you know, them being able to legit shut the run down. And then when teams are able to open it up, you know, because as a collectively as a defense, Kansas City can find ways, you know, especially when the offense is clicking, they're able to mm-hmm. find ways to get it done. And then if you get behind and you you like you're like forcing plays and they can capitalize. But if you are comfortable in this game and you have an explosive offense like Cincinnati does, um yeah, I'm 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 definitely concerned for Kansas City. You know, they they should have one play to Jamar Chase and everyone's on Dan Sorison's head. You know, he took a bad angle on that last touchdown, on one of the touchdowns uh that to Jamar Chase. But I, I am concerned because I know like the the pressure is on the offense. And if it's gonna be a finesse thing in the playoffs, it's not happening. Especially how I mean there's there's two teams there's two teams in the AFC that I would be really concerned about. And one of them is Buffalo. Cause I feel like Buffalo is just they're up ever since they lost to New England in that ugly weather game, they have been furious. Josh Allen, no Pro Bowl, furious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, furious. Especially who was like an MVP favorite coming in, furious, and just got the bag, furious. Um, and then Tennessee, uh, Tennessee is is terrifying. I mean, I would say I would give Cincinnati a nod too. Like teams are scared, but Tennessee, say what you want, man. Like. <laughs> Yeah, they lose their guy, and they still they are still playing outstanding football. I mean, I think two two underrated candidates can co- for coach of the year can come out of the AFC. And Vrabel and Zach Taylor, people are like, oh, Burrow carries Zach Taylor, but Zach Taylor came in and did not mess it up. Yeah, he got hit. Listen, they they won a division when they were they were like dead last to even like they were supposed to be close this year. Yeah. Yeah, and, and my, my favorite thing about Burrow and this Bengals team is they're super resilient, right? They're down 21-7, and then they're down 28-14. And Burrow just strikes me as a dude that any squad, any place. That's right? what I'm like, saying, but that's why I picked Joe Burrow. It is it is more than I love Herbert. This is not a diss on Herbert. I, I, would, I would take him as my quarterback instantly too, but there is just something 
energetic wise about Jer- Joe Burrow that I love. I feel like he walks in. Sure, he has all the gifts, but energetically, he lifts up every single player on the team. That's who you want on your team. You want a guy who's going to walk in and just like he gets the best out of every single person. That is a true leader. And he's yes, he has some arrogance. He has a ton of swag. He's extremely confident, extremely resilient. He like he that's him. And he's so chill and so cool. And I just love it. I think I mentioned this before. He he has that. He has the Tom Brady energy, man. Mm-hmm. He has that kind of energy when it comes to being a quarterback. There is there is nothing that he is concerned about. Absolutely nothing, nothing. And everyone feels that. And he raises their level of play. I've been around plenty of guys who are super talented, and they do nothing. Why does why do guys you know? usually end up, you know, they go play with LeBron and all of a sudden they raise their level to play. It's because LeBron's able to get it out of them. When Dwight Howard went back to LA, everyone was like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm like, though, he's going to get a really good Dwight Howard because he's, he knows how to communicate to his guys. You know? Sure, you want him to do what he did the other night, score 43 and 10, whatever, every single night. But some nights he can't because he has he understands he is a facilitator. He's trying to get his guys like excited and and ready to contribute. And mm-hmm. then if he has to take over, he can't. Even at thirty seven, if he has to, he'll take over. That's what I love about Burrow. That's why I picked Burrow, and I was not surprised by this upset at all. But I just knew Kansas City was on a tear, and they could have done something. But anyhow, there's my <laughs> there's my Bengals spiel. All right, let's go. You got anything else for this one? Nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. All right, let's go, on to, let's go on to upset number two. The Cardinals with a huge win over Dallas in Dallas. 25-22 to 22 as a plus 225 underdog. Everybody got excited because Dallas put up a 50-burger, and they've been looking outstanding. And, you know, rightfully so, Arizona's been struggling. So I totally get it. Especially, like, that's – that right there is – Super deceiving to the betting world. Like, it's annoying. Arizona's been struggling. Dallas throws up a 50-burger. You're like, they're riding hot right now. They don't have Hopkins. James Conner's injured. Like, <laughs> That's exactly it. it. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's, 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 it's just crazy, you know? Uh, I feel like it's... I was thinking of this. I'm like, gosh, who is the most dominant team in the NFL? I feel like everyone's losing every single week. Like, who is the most dominant team? I mean, I, th- I will say now it's Green Bay. Like, it's, it's hands down by far they're the best team in the NFL. Because, uh, and the reason why I thought all this is because it's like, man, you think one thing, boom, something happens. Arizona, I, I, st- I still, even though they were legit and good, I still was kind of iffy about it. I think these two teams are ones you're like, man, they're really good, but ah, I'm not sure about it. I am not sure. The jury is still out on like, can I for sure like lock these two teams into being Super Bowl teams? And me, no. That's why these two teams belong to they belong with each other and playing each other because both these teams are are top teams in the in the NFL and um and they're the jury is still out. So Dak played well, but um but it, I mean, it looked like he did, but I don't know. Their fr- their offense frustrates me. By the way, <laughs> and yeah, the, same here, man. The reason is 
So I, I love watching football from like the quarterback's perspective. We call it the, the wide. Um, no, the end zone view. We call it the end zone. Excuse me. The end zone copy. Because you now you get to like really see what the routes are. And usually like I feel like on, I need to watch more tape because I feel like on third down or when Zach, when Dak Prescott needs somebody get open, I feel like they're always running out routes. You never see guys coming across the middle or outlets or check downs or whatever it is for him. Everyone's always running out routes. And that drives me nuts. You should always have somebody. I feel like Aaron Rodgers always has a slant. He always has somebody coming across the middle like in in his vision because he can fit the ball in those areas. You don't really see many out routes. You see slants. You see slot phase. And you see back shoulders. You see that all day long. Or check run now route. You know, and... I feel like, especially it's McCarthy, like, throw those plays in there. What are we doing? That can make those throws. And you got the weapons, too, you right? Have like the you weapons. got CD, yes. you got Amari. CD did nothing yesterday, too, which I, is great. I think I Dalton, Sh- Dalton Schultz has been a revelation this year, too. Dude is a reliable tight end that you start in your fantasy leagues, and you're like, you know what? This isn't going to be a nightmare, right? And then you got the two guys in the backfield, Dax, an awesome quarterback, offensive line. And this was weird because, like, Will, if you read the box score for Dak, right, 24 of 38, 226, and three touchdowns, you're like, all right, not a bad performance. But eye test-wise, I was like, what is happening? How many passes did he get tipped at the line of scrimmage? Right. It was just such a weird game there. And I felt like Arizona kind of controlled it. And what you said is funny because I feel the same way. Both of these teams, Will, strike me as teams that I am going to be on this show with you saying – yeah, well, we got to bet the other team that they're playing like the other team is going to like the Cowboys and the Cardinals might do the first round bounce dance or I could see them win the NFC. It's the weirdest. That's, that's thing what I'm saying. Though. It's one or the other. I agree. It's one or the other. And it'd be great if Dallas goes to Green Bay first game. That'd be great. McCarthy coming back to Green Bay. Um, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. would be fun. Um, yeah, they they went after Trayvon Diggs. And it's it's funny because. I remember, you know, watching the Washington game and the first play Heineke threw was picked off because he ran a straight go route. I'm like, guys, it's on film. If you want a chance, I said this last week, if you want a chance, run a double move. Those are the times where he's giving up yards, like a high probability. Run a double move. What's the first thing A.J. Green does? Boom, boom, double move. Yep. Because he's aggressive, especially the dude has 11 picks. So now he's like, I just want to see the football. I'm not, shoot, just throw it up. And so you want to make him think, make him cover. Boom, 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 double move. And it's it's interesting. It's funny watching Trayvon Diggs because he he has like the, um, it's, the, it's like the, Mar- it's the Marcus Peters syndrome. It's that what it is. It's man, ball High skills, risk, high reward. High risk, <laughs> high risk, huge risk, high reward. Now he's not a. I'm not going to call Trayvon Diggs a gambler because he's been. He's all his interceptions have been great. It's just he he gets lazy in coverage. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Peters was a gambler. He left dudes wide open. He gambled, you know, watched film and is like, hey, I might give up this, but I'm just, I know where this is going. Trayvon is just, you know, he has outstanding ball skills, and and he he knows like that's his best attribute is finding the football. And so we get all these discussions like, hey, would you? Like, would you want a corner who gets picks but gives up a lot of yards? I'm like, that's fine by me. Especially, especially because you can, t- you can help teach coverage. 
you can help guys cover better and have better footwork and better discipline and, you know, better play recognition, formation recognition, and just have better situational awareness. You can coach that. But for me to like give a guy confidence to go pick that football off, to like find the ball in the air like a receiver, that's really, really, really difficult to coach. It's really difficult because they have to find it within themselves. Like they have to be willing to go take a chance and not be afraid to get beat. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm speaking like from experience. You know, I was we played a lot of press man my first like few years and I ne- I never got to see the football. So I'm like, let me just like play the guy. And so I got in the habit of like, okay, if I'm running downfield with a guy, I wouldn't turn around. I would try to play the hands. You know, where it's like, no, if you're comfortable in position, I teach my guys this that I train. If you're comfortable, turn to look. And if you find it, go and go get it. Because what happens is guys will look for the ball and then they're trying to find the receiver. They'll look for the ball and then try to find a receiver and they end up losing both. So that's, it's hard to train, but you can, and especially Trayvon's, he's only 23. He's in his second year, already all pro defense player to your candidate. You can teach that. You can help with the cars. I'm not too concerned of it, concerned with that, but yeah. So that was, that was the issue, man. Arizona figure all this stuff out. What else you got? Yeah, you you opened this conversation about how bad the Cardinals have looked and uh, the Washington game, how Dallas blew them out, primetime factor. Will, I've come on this show so many times and told you about the primetime factor. Guess who fell for the primetime factor trap? Right here, Dallas. this guy. I, think I was on too. Dallas, man. I was on Dallas, and it, it's something usually in the past where I just don't bet it, right? Like if I, have I took a team the money line. I felt that good. <laughs> yeah yeah and if 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 you have a team like arizona that's coming in a little sluggish not the same without d hop and they got a team coming off a monster win just stay away right like the pursuer caution that we like to say and i just fell for the trap i love the six and a half i was like ah they, they're definitely gonna beat them at least right they come down to the wire kind of thing maybe you know late touchdown to put it over but man, talk about just domination. It seemed like Kyler Murray never lost in that building, too. That was going around from high school to college to twice now in right. Dallas. And 85% of the handle, the the bets were coming in on the Dallas Cowboys. Popular team, America's team. And then also factoring in what they did on primetime the week before. That's wild. Dallas, get it together. <laughs> somebody golly all right so this show is brought to you by WinBet. the nfl playoffs are just around the corner so what are you waiting for download the WinBet app and start winning today new users can take advantage of WinBet's bet one dollar win one hundred dollar offer if you bet just one dollar you can win a free hundred dollar bet on almost any sport nfl nba nhl mlb college football ufc boxing and more and they're also offering a 200% wager matchup up to $1,500. Nick, give us something good. What are you liking on the WinBet app this week? So just in general, they've added this new feature, the build your own bet, which I think is pretty cool. You can throw in a bunch of different props and alternate spreads and game totals all on a, on a single game. Well, so you could have something like first quarter come from behind win like if you have a gut feeling that you know this saturday game that's going on with the cowboys and the eagles if you think that you know what dallas is going to come out a little lackadaisical you know might rest a couple players because of seating 
Let's go ahead and, and bet the Eagles to be winning in the first quarter and Dallas to come back to win the whole game kind of thing. You could tie that in with an alternate spread. And it's a pretty cool feature that WinBet has put together. That's what's up. I, you know what? It sounds terrifying, but also sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it does. More ways to wager, man. It's super, but that's such an emotional shift. You're like, okay, I need, I need the Eagles. All right, I need Dallas, you know. Um, I like, you know what? You know, I'm always trying to like do something different, and I like EPL, English Premier League. And you got the top two teams, Man City and Chelsea, going down this week. Um, and or next week rather, and um, yeah, Man City they they got it in. Gabriel Jesus had a mm-hmm. he had a FIFA type of goal in the first match, and right now I, I I think that's an interesting game to check out. That's that's something fun that I might lay down. Um, and I I would probably go I would go for a draw here plus three twenty five. That's what I would do. I like that. Maybe I like, maybe that. like a two two draw something like that. Ooh, correct score also. Why not? Get a little <laughs> <laughs> all right. For all the details on the offers we mentioned earlier, download WinBet now and set the odds in your favor. Offer subject to change. Term and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now let's get into the third upset of the week. And this was one of the games that crushed my parlay. <laughs> a lot of people's. I had I had the Colts covering, not even just when Adam covering. Okay, so the Raiders plus two eighty five beat the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. I got excited too because Carson got activated. He came back and I was like, okay, now I feel good about this. Raiders they keep their playoff hopes alive. They go ha- go out there, and this was cool because obviously we all know the sad news that uh, Coach John Madden ended up passing away, and this was super cool for them to go out there and, and get the win uh, in honor of him. But like I said, they keep their playoff hopes alive. They play the Chargers, and a winner makes the wild card matchup, which is super rad. And I just feel like something like this man. This is the this is these are the games like Derek Carr looks for. That's the that's the cool thing like about Derek Carr, man. He is he might be the the most scrappiest competitive most competitive guy in the NFL, S- especially for what what the Raiders have dealt with yeah. for a while. Not just all the coaching nonsense, not just the AB stuff, and. You know, all the other player stuff and moving cities. Moving, yeah. You know what I'm saying? All all kinds of crazy stuff. He's the constant. He is the one constant. And this is something that I think he's going to be excited for. Zay Jones and Renfro, they, they, they go ahead and get it done. And a big part of that, that goes back to the whole, the, the Burrow thing I mentioned, the Tom Brady effect. Able to lift up whoever it was, you know, and that, that's why it's like, yeah, he go back to Brady. If he loses his top receivers, it's like, it's all good. It's all mm-hmm. good. You know, we're still, we'll still get it done. The guys will know where to be. I'll make it happen. And that's how I love like Derek Carr is despite any kind of adversity the team is going with. I feel like this team is super tight. This is a strong team. And they did that over training camp. Did that over the past few years. 
anytime to deal with adversity, he has been there and and it's been super beneficial to the team. That's why the quarterback position is huge because if you don't have a quarterback that has all those qualities, not just the skill, but the mental area, the mental endurance, the the able the ability to affect other players in a positive manner. That's what he's able to do. Um John Taylor, he he gets it done. He goes for over 100, and right now he is just all out of his mind. He still is an MVP candidate. I think I think that if they won this game, it would have put him up, you know, closer to the top. Uh, the fact that he played well and they lost, I think that's probably it for him. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers went off, I think <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is good. It's between Aaron Rodgers and Brady. Let's just get uh, Cooper Cup is in there too. No doubt about it. Uh, gambling takeaways. Like you said, what, 68% came in on the Colts. Yeah, and it was a little bit of a roller coaster how the line kept moving because Is it the game opens up. Yeah, game opens up. Then Carson gets hit with COVID. Not sure what the protocols were for, for him. Then he gets ruled activated, and the line goes back up again. So just from start to finish, it's something that we've seen a lot, Will, with the, with the COVID news. Um, just things pop up out of nowhere and then guys get ruled out and it affects the point spread. It affects the teams. It affects everything. And you mentioned how you had them and uh, big favorites again. Well, once again, another big favorite just lets down sports betters. Big favorites get attached to parlays. And then, bam, even Tampa Bay gave people a little bit of a scare against the Jets, too, who were a big favorite also. Yeah, I think I'm learning, too, is as a as a better man is you also have to look at teams that have stuff at stake. Teams that, you know, are they're they're playing for they have some kind of motivation. They're playing for something and just how they compete. You know, I think. I like the Jets in terms of like how they compete, but yeah, that was a scare how they were just coming out the gate doing well. But you know, clearly Tampa was dealing with some stuff, and Tom Brady ended up getting it done. And then, yeah, even even though they got blown out, teams like Detroit, you just, just watch out. For, you know, I know they only have like one or two wins, but watch out for Detroit and stuff like that. All right, so uh, as I mentioned. Nick is always coming with some weird ass stuff. Yeah. But but this is not for me though. This is actually for y'all. This is really cool. This is a New Year's betting resolution. So Lamb is going to share a New Year's resolution to help you make the smartest bets this year in 2022. So I'm going to hand the mic over to my dog Nick and he's going to let you know. Yeah, well, it's actually a perfect segue from what we were just talking about with the Carson Wentz and the COVID stuff. I think it's it's very important to really be careful, really be on your phone before putting your bets in. And what I mean by that is social media is your biggest asset when it comes to sports betting. Follow these beat writers, follow these reporters that cover certain teams, because before you know it, you'll look at your the app on WinBet and you'll say, why is this team favored by so many points? And then you realize that the other team has nine G leaguers in it. If you're looking at the NBA with all this COVID news, if you're looking at, you know, Kirk Cousins, the line went from six and a half to minus 13 because he got ruled out. We talked about the Carson Wentz stuff. So I think moving forward for as long as this 
COVID stuff remains in the world and the impact of the health and the protocol for some of these leagues, you need to be aware of who's in the lineup, who's playing, who's been ruled out. Even if they get COVID, they might be eligible to play, but then you've seen some of the guys coming off the COVID list. Tyree killed two weeks ago, just two catches against Pittsburgh. He didn't practice the whole week. Guys need to be practicing. Guys need to be available. Well, Tampa flew in their two corners the day of the game. Yeah. Sean Bunting and Carl Davis flew in privately the day of. So like that. Yeah. So you need to be on your P's and Q's and be aware. Social media is a huge asset for us moving forward into this year with all this COVID news. Yeah. So so basically, go, go follow 32 beat writers. Okay. And then also follow the the a writer for each network right <laughs> so you watch, go to espn fo network my NBC, uh, nbc cbs so for for the show that i do everyone that's followed on that is exactly that it's all beat writers <laughs> it's all reporters it's it's uh you know people that have created their own podcasts that follow a certain team because it's very important to be able to just have under one feed, be able to monitor all the news that goes down because things just pop up by the hour. There's just new rules going on. And who's now, especially now going into week 18, right? Think about this. Who has the two seed? Who has the three right. seed? Who, no matter what, famous story with the New York Giants in 2007, should Tom Coughlin and those guys play against New England? They're the five seed no matter what happens. Right. Uh, the sixth seed, excuse me, but New England had something to play for. So these are the kind of weeks now where you really need to be careful and you really need to be on your P's and Q's, like I mentioned. And I like to announce that, and I am the champion in my fantasy league. Thank you very much. Let's go. Uh, we got it done. Sir William was the team. Um, the highest scorer on my team. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Late pickup for me. That's your boy. That's your, that's another one who will says check the tweets. I'm telling you, I got the I got the receipts. I'm on Ross A. Brown. I'm like he's warming up, man. He's ever since he had two two games. I'm like okay, he's warming up. Look, the reason why I I like this kid. So yes, I'm here in in Southern Cal, and I saw him at Modern Day. I saw him at every seven on seven, every every camp, and just obliterated kids. Then goes to USC. Cannot be guarded. Now, probably he didn't run well for him to not to go as draft as, as a first round pick. And I'm like, this too is competitor. And he's also the third brother. Our brother, I read a book saying, like, if you're the youngest of three, you're actually pretty legit. So I'm the youngest of three. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> so yes. But in my state hot, I got smoked, did not do well in that. And in my other uh, fantasy football, I just finished above 500 at 500. So. One out of three. I got a title. I'm excited about it. All right. That's it for today's show. But next episode, we'll be back to preview week 18 and all the playoff implications. Once again, this is Upsets and Underdogs presented by WinBet. Don't forget to subscribe. Throw us a rating and review. Please tell your friends. You can find me on all socials at Will Black. And so far on Instagram, I'm posting a lot of wine. But you want to hear football, Twitter is the best place. Where can they find you, Nick? Nick Day is 10 on Twitter and on Instagram. All right. Catch you next time. Peace out.